You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Devings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 199 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me as always this week in the well the barn studio the barn this week studio, again yes, is uh, my co-host Matt Smith. Greetings Matt, how are you? Greetings, today? yes I'm not too bad, thank you. Yes, not too bad good. at all. We're, we're, we're sort of struggling with a few technical minor issues at the moment but uh, yeah. it's all good. And uh, Which is why our start was so delayed at five seconds late. Yeah, five seconds yeah. past <laughs> the uh, past the hour, it's terrible. Yeah, I know, I'm I sorry. Know. I'll try harder next week, I'm okay. very sorry. The touchscreen's having a bit of an issue this yeah. week. I issue? Think it's, it's not there. It's, That's what the issue there's, is. There's, there's no touch screen. <laughs> no, no, Matt's indeed. having to do things with a with, with a an remote iPhone, mouse. which he's very excited yeah, about. Yes. <laughs> and indeed. also joining us this week, as always, is our amazing other co-host, Mr. Neville Bounds. How are you, Nev? Good afternoon. Yes, I'm very well. Thanks very much, Cars. And uh, yeah, nice change to do the show on a. Uh, Saturday yeah, afternoon. Saturday afternoon. We haven't done that for ever, I don't think. It's so good practice for next week, Nev. That's the yeah. way I'm looking well, at it. Because yeah. obviously yeah. we're doing it. Uh, we're doing it uh, on a on a um, Saturday next week. Saturday next yeah. week. I know it's. Oh, it's this is weird. How is <laughs> episode one nine nine? How did that I know one nine nine? Nice, mate. Two two hundred next week. Wow, guys. Honestly. It's going to be epic. So welcome everyone who has joined us in the live chat room this afternoon. Uh, loads of names in there. Uh, Barbara Parrish, Richard King, Liz Piper, Thomas Mandrakey, Fernando is in there. Amir Patel, we've got uh, Graham Haley in there. Uh, Neville Bounds is also in there. Who? Always Never heard of him. Tony yeah. S is in the chat room. Uh, Mariana as well. I can see Mariana there as well in the chat room. Uh, Mash is in the chat room. I think I haven't missed anyone out. And also joining us in the chat room this week is someone who should be concentrating on their vacation and their cruise, and that is Dr. Steph. Because ah. Dr. Steph is also in the chat room, and uh, yeah, she's she's on. She's having a nice holiday, bless her. <laughs> but I did notice, though, for those of you guys and girls who do uh, follow um, Dr. Steph on the various social media uh, out places, uh, you'll notice out that, places. Out places, <laughs> that Dr. Steph has been running every day she this does, week yeah, but that's why she looks it, like every she day does and why marathon. we look like we do <laughs> <laughs> i just hope that uh, steph doesn't hope i uh, hope she doesn't re- uh, think that i'm going to uh, be uh, doing marathon running when i come out to see her in, uh, in later on this year oh right uh, that would be fun the only yeah. place i'm going to be running to steph is your fridge for beer right Okay, okay. <laughs> Mind you, Gemma will probably join her, to be fair. Gemma, oh yeah, yeah, yeah Gemma, yeah, yeah. I, I, should, I probably shan't see uh, Steph or Gemma for the whole duration of our visit to, um, to okay. Steph's, because they'll be running somewhere. <laughs> so yeah. welcome to everyone yes. who's joined us in the chat. We're slightly off topic here. It's uh, yeah. the 13th of January, and as we said, it's uh, just, come, just come past two o'clock in the afternoon here in the UK. And, uh, well, we've got uh, loads of stuff to get through this week. And um, it's also a mention as well to those of you who uh, who won the various prizes oh, on yes. the Christmas competition. I can uh, tell you all that I did yesterday post off the prizes to uh, Tony S., uh, it was David Kavanagh and Lucas yes. uh, Tysbury as well all sent those off. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, they were sent by Royal Mail. So okay. I'm guessing oh, so they're never going to arrive. Great. I'm guessing that yeah. you'll you'll, uh, you'll you'll receive your prizes in about uh, three years' time. 
Uh, and that, that'll be Tony's that arrives in three years' time. Mm. Right. Yeah, okay. in the UK. Yeah, the UK, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, the Ameri- yeah. Uh, for the Australian, sorry, the Australian uh, um, prize uh, winner, um, you'll get yours... Um, well, it'll be it. Make a nice retirement prize. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking maybe Christmas next year. <laughs> <This> year. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But no, that uh, that was fun. That Christmas competition, I enjoyed that. We're going we're yeah. to put our thinking about doing on. one for the summer. Yeah, for the because summertime. We normally do one a year, but we thought yeah. perhaps we might do one in do the a, summer. Do a well. summertime. Yeah. Summertime quiz. Yeah. Indeed. Well, we are going to push on then with the show, and uh, as we've all got uh, roast dinners to go to at some point today, I reckon. Have on we? A, on, what on a Saturday? Yeah, having a roast Ooh. dinner tonight. Ooh, don't be silly. <laughs> Steph, Steph's having a, have a cruise dinner. Right, okay. Yeah, should we do some aviation-related yeah, stuff? Yeah, let's do some aviation. <laughs> so we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I am. And if you're ready, Nev. Yep. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story. This one is uh, especially for any of you guys and girls out there who use the, one of these new fandangled um, sort of smart luggage, the ones that have got built smart in. Smart luggage? Yeah, Matt. Have oh, you seen these? with the, the RF tags or something? No, no, no. The, these, you can buy a suitcase with, which has got, you know, you get these battery packs for your phones. Yes. You can charge up. Yeah, these yeah. have got built-in battery packs and uh, built-in everything. Right. Really. You, can, you can virtually I, get I'm on I'm not sure that, you know, batteries and, and luggage are, are the way forward well, at the moment. Well, that is what <laughs> the story says okay, uh, right. this one is on the uh, afr.com financial review apparently this is news website of the year so the headline is uh, new airline rules for lithium battery powered smart luggage uh, i personally haven't got any of these smart luggage but i have seen them on uh, online for sale so if you own smart luggage you should rest uh, should test its intelligence as soon as possible uh, the iq exam that matters if you can take out its lithium battery on monday airlines including american airlines uh, klm virgin atlantic delta united and southwest will no longer allow passengers to fly with smart bags that contain non-removable lithium batteries the policy change applies to the checked and carry-on bags that require lithium batteries batteries to power high-tech features such as USB charging stations and location trackers. Customers who travel with a smart bag must be able to remove the battery in case the bag has to be checked in at any point with the customer's journey. American Airlines said in a statement if the battery cannot be removed, the bag will not be allowed. The rule springs from safety concerns uh, with lithium metal and lithium ion polymer batteries that are susceptible to emitting smoke on catching fire and even exploding. Between March 1991 and May 2017, the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, documented 160 incidents involving lithium batteries that were being transported as cargo or baggage. The agency already prohibits passengers from checking spare lithium batteries used for personal electronic devices and portable chargers, as well as several lithium-powered items such as e-cigarettes, vape pens, and the FAA permits the items inside the cabin 
Uh, the airlines are not snubbing all smart bags. Luggage with extractable batteries are going to be permitted uh, with some oversight. And also passengers who check their smart carriers must remove the battery and tote it on board uh, as a carry-on. The battery can stay, but uh, most uh, have to be turned off per FAA protocol. However, uh, if a flight attendant decides to gate-check the bag, you must remove the battery before it goes into the belly of the plane. So I haven't, obviously, like I said, I haven't got one of these smart no. luggage bags. I wonder if any of our uh, any of our listeners have got uh, one of these smart uh, suitcases or luggage bags with built-in chargers. Nev, I'm guessing, uh, have you uh, got no, one of these? No, not really. Um, I've, I just got this whole bag of stuff that I take with me everywhere, you know, all the cables and chargers and, <laughs> and what have you. So, yeah. And I normally end up leaving something in the hotel room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm very, I'm very good at leaving behind chargers, actually. That's what I usually do. I usually yeah. leave like a, you know, like a cable, or at least sometimes I've even actually left the whole thing attached to the wall, mm, and then come yeah. home and then thought, mm. oh, blast. I mean, these suitcases with these built-in charging units, surely it's easier just to buy a cheap suitcase and, and buy one of those battery packs that's about the same size sh- as this, in, right, yeah. and you know, use that to charge your phone, because that's essentially what these are used for, charging your phone. Mm. Although I have seen one online, there was a video I think online for a company that have designed one of these suitcases with motors built into the wheels, so you can actually oh, sit on cool. the suitcase oh, that's right. and drive them around the terminal. That, the one I saw was was it was tracking it. it, it you you had a thingy in your back pocket, and the suitcase basically followed oh, the tracker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it was just you know you see these this little <laughs> little lonely suitcase wheeling its way across the terminal behind you. You know. I could definitely see the uh, the airline's point, though. You know, there is obviously um, I agree. They've, got, they've got to take this into yeah. consideration because I can imagine that the batteries that are in these suitcases are, are fairly, you know, yeah, that, not tiny. Know, yeah, they're, well, and also, you know, you'd hope, depending on the manufacturer, of course, that it's probably good quality. Uh, hopefully, a good quality. Yeah. If it's, say someone like Samsonite or, or whatever, I mean, you'd hope that you're not likely to have you know burning burnout <laughs> issues essentially. Captain Al apparently used to have one, but it caught fire. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fair enough, then. Fair enough. Uh, happy days. Happy days. <laughs> so uh, we're going to move uh, swiftly on to the okay, next okay. story, and this one is for you, Matt. It is indeed, yes. This is a Ryanair story as its story, too. It's on the chroniclelive.co.uk, and the headline is, Ryanair has revealed the fine you'll pay if you flout the new hand Ooh. luggage rules. Ryanair passengers could be hit with a £50 fine if they break the budget airline's new hand luggage rules. From Monday, passengers will only be allowed to bring on one carry-on on board on the plane unless the fork- they forked out the extra £5 for priority boarding. Uh, standard ticket holders will still be able to take two small bags without paying an additional luggage charge, but larger carry-on items such as wheelie bags will be placed in the hold when the passenger arrives at the, pa- at the departure gate. The hand luggage allowed on the plane with standard ticket holders must not exceed 35 centimetres by 20 centimetres by 20 centimetres. That's very small isn't it? Mm. It's a very small bag. Anyway, Ryanair states on its website, failure to comply will result in a charge of £50 per item and may also lead to delays for all passengers on board. Ryanair reduced the fees for checked bags in September to encourage more passengers to check in bags and cut down the number of uh, customers who bring two items of hand luggage onto the, into the boarding gate. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sort of... Um, I don't know. I, I was sort of a little bit on the fence on this one, really. I Actually, mean, I, that that says on here after there, Matt, that, that the check-in baggage allowance has increased from fifteen to twenty kilos for all bags, which is yeah. quite handy actually, because I use Ryanair, and um, yeah. the fifteen kilo yeah. is quite tough to keep 
within when Indeed, you're going yeah. away for a week. And it does say that the uh, the fee has been cut from thirty-five uh, pounds and euros to twenty-five for this uh, twenty-kilogram mm. bag. Uh, Ryanair also states on its website, failure to comply will result in a charge of fifty pounds per item and may also lead to delays for all passengers on board. Mm. Uh, it's it's just a bit. Um, yeah, I, I I get why they're doing it. I never really understood. I mean, I suppose we all hate sit, you know, waiting for our luggage to arrive. I suppose if if you're confident the luggage is going to be waiting for you at the other end, you wouldn't feel so bad about it. But I can, I, can, I mean, I don't think there's a single person I know that has not lost their luggage or no. had their luggage lost I at think some it, point. It's... Has, that, has that happened to you? Have you ever had any bags go missing? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. I think uh, one. Uh, luckily, they've been um, short haul things. Right. Nothing that's ever been lost. I don't think on the longer haul flights that mm. I've done. Uh, but um, yeah, a lot of inconvenience, obviously. But you know, hard, not exactly a showstopper, really. No, no, I suppose not. You can I think for you. most people, including myself, will agree. I think when you're going on, it's happened to me before. When you go to an airport and you book, you check your bag, your suitcase in it at the check-in mm. desk, and it goes along the, the various you know belts and stuff and gets took to your plane you're normally fairly confident that's going to arrive at your plane go in the hold of the aircraft and everything's tickety boo yeah. but in the situations which happened before with me when you're at the gate and the flight attendants or the crew say can you leave your mm. you know can your hand luggage suitcase the little wheelie one go in the hold yeah. and it gets a tag put on it gets stood near the door near the gate and you think oh blimey they're going to put that on and yeah. you, you get on a plane in that situation. I think you're. You See, know. I don't know actually, because if they're doing it as you're boarding the plane, I, I I would probably feel more confident that somebody will run it down the stairs. Hopefully, and and, and put it <laughs> or throw it down you know the what stairs. I mean? Yeah, well, throw it down the stairs <laughs> to the poor innocent baggage handler oh. at the bottom. But you know, I can't help but sort of feel. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, fifty it, quid. There we go. So you get. For, so for those of you flying Ryanair, make sure you stick to the rules. Otherwise, uh, yeah. you're going to be 50 that's, quid lighter. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. That, that's quite a few ba- beers in that most European beers, bars, yeah. let's be yeah. honest. So. <laughs> so moving on to the next story, uh, Nev. This is on the uh, News Hub website uh, from New Zealand. And uh, it talks about British Airways uh, to axe reclining seats on some flights. I think that's unnecessary abuse of furniture, but I think they mean it in a different context. <laughs> uh, possibly. Indeed. Yeah, a bit harsh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> BA has found a new way to cut ticket prices, but it has come at the cost of comfort. The airline will fit its new fleet of 35 planes with non-reclining seats in economy class this year. The company says it's not only for short-haul flights less than four hours. Sorry, it is only for short-haul flights less than four hours, but that could still be as far as to North Africa. The seats will be set to a gentle recline, a seating configuration often found on budget airlines at his at his as it is less expensive. Uh, however, not everyone will be upset about the change. It also means passengers can't take up legroom of the person behind them or recline whilst the person behind them is eating a meal. A spokesperson said the charge changes will also allow the airline to offer more low fares to customers. We're installing at-seat power throughout the aircraft and will soon offer on-board Wi-Fi. The new cabin, the new aircraft will have brand new seats, set to a gentle recline to ensure everyone in the cabin enjoys a comfortable journey. Now, um, yes, 
the protocol of reclining your seat. Uh, oh, I've seen so many arguments. And Mrs. Yeah. Nev has been mm. on the receiving end of someone <laughs> reclining their seat oh, right do back tell against more. her uh, when <laughs> oh, she's trying see. to have her meal. Yeah. And uh, this person in front would not move it forward. No. So uh, uh, we had to have a word. Have a word, um, yes. But, um, yeah, uh, this is uh, – it'll be interesting how this, this works out. I'm just thinking about when I go on even short-haul flights just to – so I'm going to go to Glasgow on Wednesday of uh, yes. this coming week. You've got an insane week I, ahead, haven't you, to be fair? It's going to be a bit hectic. I hope it all works <laughs> Out, otherwise, it could be slightly embarrassing yeah. if I don't okay. show up at any of these things. Yes. Um, but uh, when I go to Glasgow, for example, I will probably um, not recline my seat at all. But if I was going to Portugal, the, uh, though, so that's two and a half hour flight, then I probably yeah. would a little yeah. bit, but, but not. You know, I must admit, um, even on, even on the long haul flights, I, I've I've never actually reclined my seat because mm. it doesn't. I'm not sort of. I sleep. The trouble is, in most cases, the 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 incline, if you like, is so small. I don't really benefit. It's not like I feel like I'm lying down. Mm. So you think, well, I might as well not cause any inconvenience to the person behind me because yeah. I'm going to be as uncomfortable either sat up or reclined by point. 0.08 of a millimetre or whatever it feels like sometimes when you push it. But then I've, my long haul stuff I've all I've ever done is United, so perhaps that's yeah. unfair. But anyway. I mean, <laughs> how, how, do we, how do we all feel about the, the situation? Say you're on a long haul flight, like Matt was saying, or you're on a say, short haul flight. Yeah. Do, is the recline of a seat a massive factor? Do you do you care about the person behind you when you recline your seat? Because I, 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 I personally, for me, I, I hate reclining my seat because I think, oh my God, I'm going to really annoy the person behind me. Yeah, yeah, true. I think you, it, basically, if I'm going to recline my seat, I just look over my shoulder and just see whether that person's asleep or if they're awake. And yeah. if, if they're awake, I'll just say, is it okay if I move my yeah. seat back a little bit? And, and everybody's normally fine with that. But yeah. uh, um, when people just go straight back from the non-reclined position to the fully reclined position without even any consideration for the person really? behind them. And I think that's uh, yeah. a bit of bad form. Well, and I had a similar experience, actually. I mean, uh, prior to my uh, um, uh, flight fear solution uh, counselling, shall we say, the one and only long-haul flight that I ever did, bearing in mind, obviously, I was a nervous flyer anyway, um, was uh, to New Zealand. So that's two very long flights, if you like. One was 10 hours, and I think the other was 13 uh, back to back and the bit from London to Kuala Lumpur was absolutely horrific purely and simply because the lady in front of me before they'd even sort of like you know before we'd even left the tarmac had fully reclined her seat and then the the uh, the uh, uh, flight attendant who wandered through sort of said oh you can recline your seat look here's how to do it and then the gentleman behind literally held it while she tried to do it and said uh, yeah but you're not going to be doing that and literally sort of like held the seat. So, so the, and th that was the thing. I mean, if we'd all been bolt upright, well, that would have been absolutely fine. But, of course, I'd now got the lady in front of me who'd fully reclined her seat. So my little, uh, you know, IFE was this, this <laughs> I say that, you know, it's like was what, about sort of six uh. inches away from my face. I mean... Uh, to, I mean, to be fair, I mean, the, the, the cabin crew tried to do something about it, but he was a really not a very nice person. And I actually said to the crew, don't worry about it. You know, and I said, as long as you don't mind me sort of getting up and having to wander around. And yeah. I said, because I am going to have to, because well, I felt so claustrophobic. This is the trouble. It's because it was so yeah. close to my face. I felt really claustrophobic. But they sort of said, you know, you know, come and have a wander around in the, you know, the galley and stuff. And I actually had, ironically, I had a really nice flight because I spent it talking to the the cabin crew and they were really nice. And what was amazing was when I then came home from um, New Zealand, um, they couldn't do it uh, all the way, unfortunately. But the bit from Kuala Lumpur back to London, 
uh, I went to the the desk to sort of like check in because it was like two parts of a flight, if you see what I mean. So you still had to go in and check in. And uh, I went to the desk and they went, "I'm terribly." They went, "I'm terribly sorry, sir. You've come to the wrong desk." And I was like, "No, no, no, no. This is this is it. This is my ticket and all this kind of thing." Uh, no, sir. If you'd like to go over there, please. And they pointed me over to the like the loungy thing. I was like, "No, no, no. I'm not supposed to be in there." And they'd actually um, bumped my flight up to a business class seat on yeah, the way home. There we go. Let's see, which right. was very nice. They obviously knew you were going to become this uh, aviation media. A podcaster mm. at some point in right. time. Right, okay, indeed. So that was actually, believe it or not, that was Malaysian Airways that, mm. that, that I did that with. That was very nice. Anyway, sorry. Going to the chat room. <laughs> yes, uh, okay. A few comments from the chat room. Uh, Tony S. says he hates reclining seats. Yeah. Uh, Liz Piper says it's a good thing what BA are doing. Um, yeah. uh, Graham Haley, he totally agrees with Tony. Sounds so pretty good. Uh, we've also got uh, Jeff Braithwaite says that next thing, people are going to be standing in the aisles like on a bus. <laughs> uh, Falco... Well, uh, Falco is obviously quite a tall chap. He's right. uh, said yeah. that reclining seats are horrible for tall people like me. I bet. Especially when the person sitting in front of me compresses my knees by reclining. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh, Mash has said that uh, she's uh, had train journeys longer than four hours, and those seats don't recline. I, I must admit, the, the the trains here aren't too bad. The leg... The leg room oh, yeah, leg is not okay. bad, actually, on the trains, is it? And, of course, they don't recline, and they're perfectly comfortable, as you say. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. As I say, if, if everybody... Because the thing is, is they don't move far enough back for you to feel, especially these days, you don't feel like you've got any real benefit, do you? I don't think. Apparently, Falco is six foot five tall. Good heavens. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow. Yes. Gosh, Blimey. that must be a challenge for you. <laughs> actually, I, I... just before we go, move on to the next story, this uh, particular story that um, Nev's just re- re- uh, re- uh, spoken, read about, read about. Uh, <laughs> is, there's a survey on here yeah. from MediaWorks, and it mm. says, uh, it's a survey, they've done a quick click on survey, mm. is it okay to recline your seat on a short-haul flight? Yes, 37%, yeah. no, 63%. Really? Okay, Ooh, that, that's yeah. quite a... That's a sort of that's quite a strong majority, isn't it, for mm. for, for one particular mm. uh, thing? Yeah, pretty there we good. go. Yeah. So next story, moving on, and this one is on the NewYorkPost.com. I expect Ooh, you wrote. I you, like New York. You, you, yes, you had the uh, New do. York Post. I would imagine to read. Yes, whilst I did. There. Yes, it was delivered to my room. I'll have you know. So this uh, this story then, a uh, bit of a bit of a mystery story. This one. Here we go. So the uh, headline: Top secret airline that flies into Area Fifty One is hiring. So for any of the uh, of our pilots out there who fancy a job working for a top secret airline. Uh, remain, or remaining calm in a stressful situations, dealing with tricky customers and long haul, uh, long hours in the sky. Flight attendants work hard, but a new airline job ad expects even more of hopeful applicants. Janet Airlines, which flies U.S. government <laughs> workers from Las Vegas to the mysterious Area 51 in Nevada, is looking for cabin crew who qualify for top-secret government security clearance. Shrouded in mystery, the airline's fleet consists of unbranded planes operated by the U.S. Air Force. And in a job advertisement posted on the website of private defense contractor AECOM, or ACOM, um, candidates must be able to deal with the unusual incident like hijackings or bomb threats. On top of duties expected of regular cabin crews, such as safety demonstrations, cleaning and emergency procedures, applicants must uh, keep quiet about where they're going and what they're doing. Janet Airlines wasn't named after a mysterious woman. It stands for Just Another Non-Existent Terminal. But other than that, there is very little known about it. 
Uh, flight tracking radar shows some of the flights with call signs starting uh, with XXX, hmm. making the 45-minute uh, journey to the nuclear facility at Tonopah, or Tonopah, which uh, has been the focus of many conspiracy theories. Other brief flights go to unspecified destinations nearby, believed to be the Area 51 facility, famous with alien hunters. The highly classified site at Groom Lake is believed to be used uh, to test experimental aircraft and black projects and weapon systems. Its existence was only acknowledged publicly for the first time in 2005 or 2005. Conspiracy theorists believe the top secret military base uh, contains the remains of an alien spaceship that crashed in the 1940s. No one aboard a Janet flight is allowed to reveal where they're going or what their job is. Some conspiracy theorists believe that the area holds the remains of the uh, alien spaceship but an extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial expert who used to investigate UFOs for the British Ministry of Defence believes there is little to the rumours. Uh, Nick Pope, author of Encounter in Rendlesham Forest, which is not far from us, uh, said the UFO and conspiracy theory community think it's a place where UFOs, uh, uh, crash UFOs are kept and where the US military are trying to back engineer this alien technology. Well, there we go. So if you want a job with a uh, mystery airline, uh, Janet uh, are hiring. Janet, Air, well, you know, they're hiring cabin crew. Um, I remember seeing these, actually, when we were in Vegas um, last year. I remember seeing these aircraft taking off from uh, from the airport there. And uh, quite a distinct of 737. Uh, I think they use the 600s, I think, the 737-600, if I'm not wrong. Uh, and they've got a lot of a red band that's that goes along stretches along the fuselage but um fancy a job with these guys nev be nice wouldn't that yeah they are the sound of that very much indeed um bit of uh, breaking news uh mr rob rusted who you might have heard of uh just to let us know that um he has us on the big screen in his shop oh you're joking uh, oh, <laughs> oh no 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 uh, so i have said to him do be careful when you're cutting your client's hair yeah it's distracted <laughs> Oh, blimey. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, oh, dear, dear, dear. Um, uh, but he says we, uh, we cut in a different room, so it'll be fine. So that's uh, right, OK. Well, and uh, on that note, I'll see you uh, next Wednesday, Rob. Uh, right, OK. Uh, yeah, at yeah, quarter yeah. to five. You're not... Sp- <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in on Thursday, actually, uh, in a, in a, a po- <laughs> pre-200th um, yeah, quick same haircut. Here. So, quick haircut so I'm going to say hello to uh, Steph as well, because Steph, who makes my coffee every time I go in there, she's oh. already in there. Yeah, she's always in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, greetings to everyone there then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's because we've been making the TV work. That's what. That's why that was there this, this uh, morning. That's what's uh, been going on there. It, been... it is the East Anglia's premier barbers. I think it we'll is. Say it was the yeah. only barbers, I think, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. But, yeah. Right. So yeah. moving on to oh, the I've got to read next story. You've got to read a story. Yeah. All oh, yeah. right. Okay. Sorry, man. Um, uh, I've got something. It's whinging about uh, an ad blocker on mine. But there we go. Never mind, yeah. all part of the, part. the The show notes did say that. Did um, it? Yeah. Right, okay. Well, that serves me right for not reading them then. <laughs> yeah. It is uh, the CNBC website, and the headline is Between Five Minutes and Five Hours How Long Airlines Take to Respond to Your Complaint on Twitter. Hmm. Right, uh, he says it's disappeared. Oh, good. I'm lo- oh, this is going really well. Lost luggage, misconnection, downgraded. Perhaps the fastest way to reach your airline is over social media. And I've certainly had this example. In fact, it's not just airlines, is it? I think it's, uh, you know, Talk Talk, BT and all sorts. It seems oh, yeah. to be the fastest way to get hold of them is through social media. Uh, airlines often respond to passengers faster on social media where customers air their, tra- their travel troubles to their airline and the public than over the phone. 
social media has exposed what what goes on at airlines to millions of people, and image con- image conscious airlines are aware how quickly incidents can go viral. Think of the violent dragging of a United Airlines passenger off a flight last April, or Ann Coulter's feud with Delta Airlines over a seat assignment change. Most traveller comments, yes, sometimes customers are there to offer a compliment, are routine travel issues, uh, delays, lost items, or cancellations. Uh, The time it takes for airlines to respond varies, but some passengers get a response in less than five minutes, according to a new study by uh, a uh, Convert Social, which is a customer service consulting firm. JetBlue received the highest uh, marks amongst uh, the North American Airlines for its response speeds, taking an average 4 minutes and 50 seconds to respond to passengers on Twitter. United came in last at 1 hour and 34 minutes, far lower than the average of around about 20 minutes. The airline had more social media mentions per hour than other North American airlines, the study said. We recognise that oftentimes social media is the only convenient way for customers to interact with us and we are continuing to work hard on a daily basis to remove our response time a spokeswoman said uh, adding that the airline plans to increase its social media staffing team by more than 150 percent by the end of march among european and middle eastern airlines finnair took the longest to respond to twitter mentions more than five and a half hours the study said the helsinki based airline wasn't immediately available for comment surprise surprise (laughs) Uh, and uh, Germany's Lufthansa had the fastest response time at 9 minutes and 15 seconds I think I can explain about the um, that airline that that there the comments just vanished into thin air um um oh my laptop's gone to sleep so I can't press the button okay this is going very well what we were hoping there for was some kind of tumbleweed moment Uh, and we um, there we go. It's a bit oh, wow. delayed, but then we got a, there in a the bit end. bit delayed. Wow. Okay, you're going to have to do better than that next week. Uh, my laptop has <laughs> fell asleep. Yeah. I haven't used well. a soundboard. Oh, right, now it's there going bananas. Right, okay. Um, we do need a tumbleweed node for mode, do. Though, for to get various, tumbleweed, various yeah. jokes and things. But uh, uh, going back to story, um, I think most people probably these days are on Twitter. Yes. And I've found in the past Twitter is a very good way of moaning to it companies. Is. It is very they much They tend so. to respond to you fairly quick. But looking at that list, Nev, for that story, yeah. it's interesting to see that uh, one of Brian Coleman's favourite airlines is uh, is one of the um, yeah longest to take to answer on Twitter. Yeah, the other thing is, of course, that everybody now has uh, put their uh, their whole way of working on onto social media, which is fine for the most part but what about the people that are a bit elderly and, and they don't use that that method mm. of communication so you're into the call center business and all, all the rest of it and uh, so yeah i think that they um i mean social media can be very good and, and very damaging at the same time and uh, actually we had a situation at work this week uh, where a i'm not going to go into any details but we had some negative feedback shall we say from a customer that decided to go directly um into social media we've now solved that problem but it was it gave us some big trouble for uh, for a couple of days so i think that um people when they're if they're going to use social media as the, as the main platform mm. for communicating with their customers uh, to deal with complaints and what have you they've got to respond accurately and, and quickly haven't they 
I think the trouble agree, is, yeah. as well, and you know, a lot of uh, phone, when you ring up companies, you're on hold for three years mm. and you're listening to the same lift music playing over and over again. And eventually you get through and you can't always kind of hear or understand who you're talking to. And I think most people nowadays, um, like I said, just find it easier because the Twitter accounts from the big companies are monitored 24-7. A lot of them are monitored 24-7. Yeah. Uh, so if you do, uh, you know, I mean, I, I had to complain to a company a few weeks ago and, and use Twitter and, and got a very quick resolution within 10 minutes really? of, um, of uh, complaining. So it is a good way uh, of, uh, of, you know, complaining to uh, to companies. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately for, for United Airlines uh, people, uh, it's gonna you're going to have wait a... Wait a over an hour. Yeah, yeah. Don't have been a rush. Uh, so, according to the list here, like we said, JetBlue is the the uh, the class leader in uh, mm, complaints uh, resolutions. Is that cool. uh, so? Is, there is that a thing? Is it <laughs> a class leader? Yeah. yeah. So, moving on swiftly to the next story, then. And uh, oh, I've got an ad blocker here. Oh, it's typical. You, oh, yeah, ad blocker on there. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, next story. Uh, this is on the uh, Australian Business Traveller website, and I have skillfully disabled the ad blocker for the time being. Get so you. Let's see, let, yes. let's, see, let's see how we get on. And it's all about the uh, new business class section on the British Airways um, A350 aircraft. And uh, British Airways is keeping its cards close to its chest on its next generation Club World business class seat due to take wing in 2019 aboard the airline's new Airbus A350 jets. The airline has refused to confirm or deny reports that CEO Alex Cruz has uh, nuked the rumour Club World Mark III design uh, below. I don't know if uh, Matt can show anything here at all. Uh, but based on a modernisation of the current decade-old old seat, which will instead opt for an off-the-shelf product from leading seat maker Zodiac Aerospace. A spokesman for BA declined to comment to Australian business traveller on plans for the seat and offered the, this uh, offered up this press uh, release copy and paste statement. We're investing £600 million specifically in Club, Club World, including outstanding catering and luxurious white company bedding. Plus, from 2019, a new seat with direct aisle access. In mid-July 2017, BA was decidedly more forthcoming in swatting down suggestions that it would adopt an all-new design rather than just update and evolve the current Club World seat, with a spokeswoman telling Australian business traveller that nothing has changed. Plans are well advanced now and we haven't changed our tack. BA's current world uh, Club World seat launched a great fanfare at London's Canary Wharf in November 2006 is best known by business travellers for its high-density approach to maximising the number of passengers in the available space, as well as a relatively unique forward and backward-facing seating layout. The ensuing uh, decade has seen competing airlines forging ahead uh, with spacious business class seats, boasting privacy, direct aisle access, plus ample personal and storage space uh, are now the norm. There's been no shortage of speculation over BA's 2019 Club World seat, fueled in part by the airline's series of patent applications over recent years. This includes the radical uh, curvy sofa seat, which would see passengers adopt a forward-facing position for the taxi takeoff and landing stages of the flight, but stretch out with an infill section of the sofa, creating a continuous surface between the seat and the ottoman. 
to relax or to sleep. Um, now, I've got to say that the current BA business class layout in, in Club World is actually pretty good. Your, your uh, one is forward facing and one is backwards facing. So if you're on the window uh, area, you're normally facing backwards. And if you're on the aisle seat, you are facing forwards. Then there's this rather awkward um, uh, screen between the two of you basically and uh, when the screen is up it's absolutely fine no problem at all but when the screen goes down you are slightly closer to the person that you have never met before um, <laughs> than you would feel comfortable it's a bit like that personal space when you're meeting somebody for the first time there is an acceptable space between you and the person you're speaking to this is slightly too close <laughs> so I'm it will be interesting to see whether they have solved that problem or not because it's it is hashtag awkward that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, the pictures Matt was just flashing up on the screen now. I mean, like you said, the dividing screen can be moved. I suppose if you're sitting, mm. sitting next to someone that you know, it's not quite an issue. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, if you want to, if you want to sleep or anything like that, and you've, you're, um, you know, you, you've got someone sort of there who's had a bit too much garlic or uh, uh, strong, or stronger food. Um, right. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> Quite, yeah, right. that's quite, yes. quite the okay. point there. Um, it, yeah, it might be a bit. Uh, Say it like worrying. it is, never. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think further down on this story that does show the the possible design of what these uh, particular uh, suites or business class seats will look like, and yeah, they, I mean they look fairly comfortable to be fair. Um, but it just it'd be interesting to see what they eventually come up with as the idea for uh, this. It does sound the story though, Nev, that they they mm. might mimic possibly the seats that are already in use by Emirates. Uh, yeah, and that, they're, I mean, BA a little bit behind the curve here as well. They, they need to improve things a little bit because the, the Middle Eastern carriers are, are just so much better in, in, in mm. these uh, these class of yeah. uh, seats, certainly. Yeah. So moving on to the next story, and this one is on the brisbanetimes.com.au. Uh, so for our Australian listeners... And the headline is Emirates to end A380 services to Brisbane. The Airbus A380, the world's largest passenger air aircraft, looks set to disappear from Brisbane skies later this year, with Emirates replacing its service with Boeing 777s from June. But the Dubai-based airline said the move, which would disappoint the city's band of plane watchers, might be only temporary. The A380 services between Brisbane, Dubai and Auckland were introduced with much fanfare in 2013, six years after the giant double-decker aircraft entered service into regular service. Services. But uh, an Emirates uh, spokesperson confirmed the 489-seater A380 would be replaced with the smaller 354-seat Boeing 777 on the airline's Brisbane routes later this year. Uh, they said that Emirates can confirm that we will be deploying the 777-300ER on uh, our flights EK434 and EK435 between Brisbane and Dubai from June until the end of August 2018, he said. Emirates remains committed to the market with 21 weekly flights, including a recently introduced third daily flight, which was added in December 2017. Fairfax Media understands the likelihood of other airlines flying regular A380 services in and out of Brisbane is negligible. While the A380s will no longer be seen over Brisbane, a familiar airline is set to make a long-awaited return. Malaysia 
Malaysian Airlines will recommence services between Brisbane and Kuala Lumpur after a three-year absence in June. The services were abruptly cancelled in 2015 following the MH370 and MH3, uh, MH17 disasters. Malaysian Airlines flights in and out of Brisbane will recommence on June the 6th uh, on Airbus A330 aircraft. Um, so it's good news in that uh, obviously there'll be there'll be something different for the aircraft spotters in uh, Brisbane to see uh, coming in and out of the airport. But um, mm. I suppose for some of the, uh, uh, the aircraft spotters, it'll, it'll be uh, a bit of a shame to lose the 380 from uh, from flying in that because they are awesome to see um, the Emirates ones. Because I've stood un- right underneath one of those as well at, uh, at the Dubai Air Show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So moving on to the next story. Um, <laughs> this story. Um, popped up on the news feed uh, a few days ago, and uh, I thought uh, you—I think you'd enjoy this story, Matt. It's a bit right. of a crazy story. Okay, right. Yes. Yeah, so this is on the independent. Don't, don't, forget, don't forget to move, move over, will you, with this story? Move quickly. No, no, no. I heard no? you. Okay. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, on the independent.co.uk. <laughs> Website and the headline is Mad Cow on Runway causes mad havoc. Mad Cow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and no, we're not talking about anybody's wives. Uh, <laughs> on Runway causes havoc at an Indian airport. Two airplanes are forced to abort landing after a stray cow got onto the runway. Delays are a common enough occurrence affecting air travellers in Europe. However, travel delays took a new twist at an Indian airport on. Thursday the 11th of January when a mad cow found its way <laughs> onto the <laughs> runway at Sadar something or other Patel Airport, mm. uh, International Airport which uh, serves the city of uh, another way, anyway somewhere in western India Ahmedabad <laughs> right, okay. uh, uh, as a result uh, of the bovine intrusion, two planes were forced to abort landing at and while several more were delayed as authorities scrambled to contain the animal. Uh, speaking to the Hindu uh, Airport Authority of, of India, a chairman, uh, Dr. Mohapatra, uh, said it was a stray cow that entered the cargo terminal side. Uh, the cow was quite mad and running around the operational area. I have asked the airport director to inquire into uh, it and submit a report. The Hindu reports that the incident occurred around 3am local time uh, with central industrial security force guards and airport staff spending an hour and a half trying to contain the animal. Uh, with Israeli Prime Minister, Mis- Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu visiting India next week, security at airports has been ramped up following the incident. Cows are uh, considered sacred for India's majority Hindu population and are known to roam free throughout the country. Despite this, incidents such as this one at this particular airport are very rare. In 2017, however, a Spicejet aircraft suffered substantial damages after hitting a water buffalo which had (laughs) wandered onto a runway in Surat. It's safe well, to say it's not the greatest thing to uh, to to, um, to hit for definitely. No, um, no. But <laughs> that was, I thought that would get some uh, response from the chat. Right, room. go on then, far uh, away. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, uh, um, apparently, according to, according to Captain Al, some years ago, uh, a Pakistan International Airways seven four seven hit a cow on landing at Manchester. Right. Uh, <laughs> Mariana has said they need some cowboys. 
Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Max Flight uh, from the Airplane Geeks. Hello to you, Max. Well, hello. Welcome to, oh, welcome to he's joined, he joined wow, us. Well, exciting, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max has said, uh, what's a cow doing awake at 3 a.m.? Good point. They should all be sleeping. Yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree completely. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Braithwaite says, I recall a 727 hitting a deer on takeoff. Right. I don't know where that one was. but um, No, but hello. Greetings to you, Max. Wow. Ah. See, we've got we've got more podcast royalty joining us in the chat it's room. Very good, isn't it? What, what do you think about this uh, this story then? There, before we move on. Oh, for oh yes. Well, I mean, I think the other thing is that uh, <laughs> certainly uh, when I've been in Scandinavia quite a bit, there's always uh, the risk of uh, elk and, and moose and all all sorts of things uh, running onto uh, runways and, and roads. And actually, a colleague of mine. Um, had a very nasty accident with his car because uh, he ran into an elk on a Swedish road once. And, uh, yeah, these things do substantial amounts of damage. So, you you know, they've got to be careful uh, because uh, they're not going to move out of the way. No. Oh, don't you start. So, anyway, moving swiftly on then, Nev, the next story. <laughs> uh, this is on the anglotopia.net, the website for anglophiles. And it's a British Airways story, and they're going to be investing uh, more money in the catering for economy and world traveler traveler frankly they need to uh, anyway some good news for anyone that's had an interesting meal in coach whilst traveling with BA they have announced that they are making a multi-million pound investment in improving the food meals and snacking available throughout your flight in economy which they call world traveler it sounds like the food will match closer to what's offered to world traveler plus and above which is great New options will now include pretzels with the welcome drink, four-course meal with starter, entree, dessert, cheese and biscuits, accompanied by a bread roll and bottle of water. I'm actually getting hungry as I'm reading oh, this. don't. Uh, <laughs> I've had toast. That is all. The, yeah. yes. Second meal or substantial uh, snack, depending on the length of the flight. Regional meal options served according to destination. Magnum ice creams. That's probably a Captain Al favourite there. <laughs> uh, tuck box with chocolates and crisps. Hot breakfast on longer overnight flights. Gray's movie snack box on longer flights and complimentary drinks from the bar. Uh, British Airways says that previously customers travelling in the cabin were served a complimentary snack, a three-course meal or a light meal, depending on the time and length of their flight, as well as a complimentary bar service of hot and cold drinks. The new catering arrives from January the 17th and the menus that uh, will change every six months. Uh, Carolina uh, Martinoli, uh, British Airways Director of Brand and Customer Experience says, our customers tell us that when they're taking a long-haul flight, great food and beverages make a real difference to them. It's a huge driver of customer satisfaction, so we want to make sure that we deliver a great experience. With this multi-million pound investment, we've focused on introducing more quantity and quality to the catering, delivering tasty meals and great snacking options throughout the flight. Our new four-course main meal has been developed by our team of chefs to be full of flavour at 35,000 feet, and we've created regional options depending on the route. The second meal option is either a tasty sandwich or a more substantial pizza wrap, both served with additional snacks depending on the length of the flight. Our customers have told us that they want to be able to save some items for later in the flight, so we've replaced the water cup with a bottle of water on the first meal and added Gray's snack boxes on our longest flight. We're also offering Magnum ice creams on day daylight flights from London and the tuck box and 
inbound on and uh, overnight flights. Um, it does go on a little bit, but I think that what they're making a huge uh, investment in the um, in this area for the long haul stuff. But they still need to sort out this short haul Marks and Spencer, you know, pay as you go kind of food business yeah. because uh, that is still uh, not not good at all. And they do actually say here that they're investing uh, 4.5 billion pounds over uh, the next five years covering the installation of best quality Wi-Fi and power in every seat and they're fitting 128 uh, long-haul aircraft with new interiors and taking delivery of 72 new aircraft. So the airline is investing £600 million specifically in Club World, including outstanding catering and luxurious white company bedding, plus from 2019 a new seat with direct aisle access. So it's good to see they're making some investments there. And of course they're hanging on to their uh, 747s for much longer now, so they're going to be with them until 2024, so that's good. Um, but of course they're all looking a bit tired uh, on the interiors now, so they're having a, a big refurbishment, uh, certainly in the Club World section, so that's a, a good thing. It's good if they're investing in money in, in revamping the interiors, like you say, Nev. At least they'll be looks like they'll be keeping their uh, queen of the skies for a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. So moving on to the next story, and this one is on Flight Global's website, awesome website, flightglobal.com. Uh, and the headline, Aeromexico 737 nearly lands on wrong San Francisco runway. So obviously we've been seeing stories uh, throughout 2017 of, uh, of instances uh, where aircraft have um, been, well, nearly landing on the wrong runway. So pilots of an Aeromexico Boeing 737-800 lined up to land on the wrong runway at San Francisco International Airport on the 9th of January before executing a go-around procedure, the third safety-related incident at San Francisco in about six months. A Virgin America Airbus A320 aircraft was on runway uh, 28 left, awaiting takeoff at the time of the incident, uh, the Federal Aviation Administration confirms. Air traffic controllers cleared Aeromexico Flight 668 from Mexico City to land on San Francisco's runway 28 right, and the pilot of the aircraft acknowledged the instruction according to the FAA, which is investigating. When the plane was about a mile from the airport, air traffic controllers noticed the aircraft was lined up from runway 28 left and instructed the crew to execute a missed approach, says the FAA. The incident happened at around 11.45 a.m. on the 9th of January, it adds. Neither Aeromexico nor Virgin America responded immediately to requests for comment. Uh, on the 7th of July 2017, an Air Canada A320 operating a flight from Toronto nearly landed on a taxiway at San Francisco. That aircraft ascended to 59 feet above the taxiway, which was occupied by four aircraft, uh, the NTSB said. Then on October the 24th, 2017, another Air Canada A320 uh, failed uh, to heed go-around orders from air traffic controllers prior to landing at San Francisco. Uh, controllers tried to hail the aircraft multiple times and used a light gun to wave off the aircraft, but the Air Canada pilots continued the approach and landed safely on runway 28 right, the FAA has said. So another incident, Nev. Um, this seems to, seems to be happening quite a lot at San Francisco, but then they do have those parallel runways. 
I think, it, it, yes, you've got to be extra vigilant, haven't you, uh, from uh, ATC's point of view and from the pilot's point of view to make sure that you are lined up on the right runway. And, of course, mm. if you're just doing a visual approach and, and the weather's great, then it's probably not, not much of a problem. But they, they are very close together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there, there's just not much room for error at all. And it, it'd be very easy to uh, misidentify that uh, if you tuned in the wrong ILS or something like that. So, uh, yeah, just got to be... Uh, very careful. Bit, a bit so, more, um, bit more careful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on then to the next story, if you're if you're ready. Yes, Mike. indeed. Yes. So the next story is on the uh, KH. <laughs> Another fun story yeah, for you. Here we go. Right. <laughs> uh, on the KHQ uh, Q6, whatever that is. Anyway, so no, KHQ just, is the just website. Just don't pussyfoot around with this story, Matt. Please. Oh. <clears throat> really. <laughs> Uh, airport stowing cat in checked luggage not recommended way to travel <laughs> so a six month old female kitten named Slim was spotted curled up among the clothing inside a checked bag according to the Erie Times News 21 year old Olivia Sari and 21 year old Nicholas Larison were flying from Erie Pennsylvania to Tampa Florida on New Year's Day when a T when TSA officials were alerted to something uh, peculiar packed in their luggage it turned out to be their pet this wasn't packed uh, in their uh, in the bag uh, sorry what it try that again what wasn't packed in the bag was air water and food for poor slim the <laughs> <laughs> the, the couple faces animal cruelty charges and possible fines in Pennsylvania. The uh, Times News reports they also had to fly back from uh, to Florida without their cat, which the airport had confiscated. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> while this could have been an extremely dangerous uh, situation for the cat, Slim is just fine and is currently under the care of the Humane Society. TSA spokesman Mike England wrote on Twitter. Uh, airport officials told the Erie Times that... Uh, uh, the Erie Times news that they'd never seen anything like this before. 28 years I've been here, I've seen some unique things. I've been involved in plenty of unique things. This is the first, said Ian Boyle, the airport's director of public safety and facilities. It's uh, it's it's yeah, it's very bizarre, uh, is what it is. Uh, I'll just see if I can get that to to, oh, to come up to if come I up can. on the screen. But, it's uh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I can definitely say without any question that um, Poppy would would not uh, enjoy this particular experience uh, i mean she she hates you know leaving the house humans. to go outside yeah. uh, and humans yeah, yeah, yeah um, absolutely but uh, yeah i i mean you I, could you class it as a one of those um oh, what they call them again the um the pet what they call them nev the um, oh you mean the, uh, 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 the, um, the comfort um, comfort pets yeah what, what's I the, the name what, of it now. the phrase they use i'm sure someone in the chat room remind yeah someone in the chat remind us <laughs> they'll know but uh, yes oh, it's <laughs> like the, 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 the pets that accompany you on yeah. flight to make oh, you feel better yeah um, yeah. yeah i mean i'd i'd love to take poppy on on a mm. flight with me yeah, i think it'd be fantastic yeah. i mean nev obviously you you're a, you ha you have feline uh, company yeah, as well uh, I, I think tom would, would be okay with it but uh, bunty our, our younger cat wouldn't wouldn't to have any of that at all but tom tom's quite happy with any sort of company in any kind of environment really but uh, yeah so <laughs> interesting indeed interesting indeed, yeah it, indeed. it's uh, uh, liz has uh, obviously chirped up in the chat room because she's such a an awesome person liz and also jenny as well their emotional support 
And ah, that's right. right. Okay. There we go. Right. Okay. Yeah, I I need loads of emotional support with uh, you know with Poppy there. She's a great help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, indeed. Yes. <laughs> but no, that was. Uh, I'm I'm not going to say what uh, Captain Al's put in the chat room. But oh, really? um, for those of you in the in the YouTube chat room, you can all uh, see the, the actually. Comments I there I, I um I had to moderate that uh, comment from from Captain Al, but um I obviously pressed <laughs> pressed the wrong button unfortunately. <laughs> so, anyway, move. Moving swiftly on. Yes. This is uh, from Flight Global and uh, another ding on the ground, I'm afraid. And it's an Atlas 747 um, involved with a wing clipping incident with a Miami Air 737 at Baltimore. And at the right wing tip of an Atlas Air passenger Boeing 747-400 hit the horizontal stabilizer of a Miami Air International 737-800 at Baltimore Washington International uh, on uh, 7th of January. The FAA confirms the collision, which it said occurred at about 22.15 local time as the Atlas aircraft was taxiing for departure. The FAA, which is still investigating, says that Miami Air 737 was parked at the time that it was hit. It appears that the winglet of the 747 made contact with another aircraft. All passengers and crew on both aircraft are safe and without injury, Atlas says in a statement to Flight Global. We're continuing our investigation and cooperating with the FAA. Atlas does not identify the exact aircraft, but Flight Radar 24 shows that 747-400 registration November 465 Mike Charlie was in Baltimore on the 7th of January. Charter carrier Miami Air International did not respond to an inquiry from Flight Global. The carrier operates <coughs> excuse me, uh, 737-800s and two of those aircraft, uh, November 732 Mike Alpha and November 750 Mike Alpha, were in Baltimore around the 7th of January. Atlas Air is a subsidiary of charter and cargo carrier Atlas Air Worldwide Holdings, based in Purchase, New York. So, uh, yeah, another, another one another of those incidents there. And um, yeah. easily done. If you're going to have an accident, it's probably going to be on the ground rather than in the air well, because yeah, uh, um, yeah. these things just, uh, you know, can and happen. There was it one, is, actually, yeah. I think, Nev, there was one a, a week ago, wasn't there, where um, they had a clip uh, wing and, and, and one of the aircraft had a little bit of a fire incident. I yeah. think that was, uh, that was on the news as well. Yes, that's uh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, airports are busy places, incredibly busy places on the ground. I'm surprised. I'll tell you where, where there's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the apron at London City Airport, um, how tight it is there. When you land, you, you, you come off the runway and you uh, go via one of the taxiways and then you actually go nose in uh, as you would do in, in the normal uh, parking spot. And then you do a, a com- almost a complete 180 degree and there's three people marshalling you so that you are then facing out again. So you don't need a tug to, um, uh, to, wow. to push you back. And it is really tight there. I mean, most of the aircraft obviously are, you know, Embraer's and uh, Airbus uh, A318s and, and that kind of size but it is really tight sometimes and certainly the wingtip clearance is very tight indeed especially in, in the rush hour there I've, I've been on a couple of flights where I'm thinking are we going to make this exactly because it's really tight but um, the guys do a good job there so there's obviously a lot of a lot of safety there but uh, yeah people have got to be vigilant uh, on the apron when, when taxiing and, and pushing certainly yeah, definitely. yeah because ground radar is quite a big thing I mean most of the big airports have ground radar and stuff so the controllers can keep an eye on yeah. where aircraft are, but uh, mm. perhaps they need to uh, to invent a TCAS system for ground uh, ba- uh, based aircraft. Nev. 
Yes, I mean, I, the trouble is, it is obviously the speeds are very low, mm. uh, and obviously that the mass of the aircraft is so great. Um, and I think the other thing about aircraft generally is that there's some very weird optical illusions sometimes when you think you probably can get through a space yeah. or where you can't. And I've heard things on ATC before, and the um, you know the, the captain's going, "Oh, I don't think we can make it through there," and the ATC guys going, "Yeah, plenty of room," you know. Well, actually, at the end of the day, it's, it's the captain's responsibility not to ding the aircraft so uh you know best be safe than sorry but uh, i'm sure there's, there's lots of ground incidents of, of this sort of thing that, that does go on yeah richard king's come up with quite a good idea i think nev in the chat room uh mm. parking sensors on the wings oh there you are yeah there we go <laughs> perfect remember perfect. you heard it here first um obviously richard king can take the full uh oh, he, he ought to patent that idea yeah before anybody else gets yeah, on yeah yeah, parking sensors on the wings. There we go. Mm. Hope that, yeah, you know, we'll be we'll be seeing stories about that probably in uh, you know in the next. Uh, few <laughs> we years. will do. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is where we're going to bring the commercial news segment to a close. Mm. Uh, we've got some uh, a little a little splattering of military news coming up later. Some very Ooh. interesting stories indeed. Just for a change um, for uh, Mr. Warner, I expect Mr. Warner's listening to this. I actually spoke to Jonathan Warner uh, yesterday yeah. on the phone, and uh, uh, Mr. Warner was in his van uh, oh. working and uh, he was uh, actually out at um, up at RAF Fairford Way oh, right, uh, yeah. and uh, um, the day before, day before yesterday on an evening and um, caught some B-52s oh, uh, flying over Actually, and sent, yeah. uh, sent me a little video, a quick little snippet there video oh, in, which is pretty, it's all a bit dark, you can only see the oh, lights okay. and stuff, yeah, yeah. but uh, no, awesome, and he, he thoroughly enjoyed his, uh, his evening there. I bet, I bet. And, uh, he, he was supposed to be working at the time. Right, But he did, uh, Mr. Warner actually did say that he, he does listen to the show pretty much all the time he's in his van travelling around. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he, he, he knows that, that every time Al's on the military gets dropped immediately then. <laughs> right. But yeah. no, we have got some of that coming up later. And uh, we've also got uh, a segment coming up uh, very soon, or actually next, haven't we, Matt, yep. from uh, listener Barbara, who sent us uh, some audio in. So uh, indeed. I think we should play that yeah, now. Yeah, indeed. There's a, there's a little bit of stuff that, we, that we'll read out at the end, but uh, let's have a listen to uh, Barbara's feedback now. Hello to the Plain Talking team, to Carlos, Matt, Nev and Owen. And everyone, this is Barbara. Last year I decided to fulfil a lifelong dream and book myself onto a brilliant two-day cabin crew course. One of the aims of the course was to give you more of an insight into the role of cabin crew. The first training day was held at the British Airways Cabin Crew and Pilot Training Centre called the Global Learning Academy based at Heathrow Airport, London. And there we could use their cabin crew training facilities. And I have to say it was one of the best weekends of my life. So interesting and such a privilege to be there. And I would love to share some of that day with you. And at a later date, I will do a part two of my feedback on what happened on day two of the course. Firstly, my fantastic experience was thanks to a lovely lady called Kim Osborne and her wonderful cabin crew trainers. Kim's long career is cabin crew and it's a career she loves. 
She started with British Caledonian Airways, um, and yes, I too remember those beautiful tartan-clad air hostesses. And then she moved to British Airways, which she loved. Eager to share her passion and to see others flourish in the same career, she set up the Cabin Crew course, which is now called Cabin Crew Global. So, um, here's what happened on day one of my Cabin Crew course um, at the British Airways Training School. The bus journey to Vanguard House was, um, in the morning, um, fantastic, as it as the bus wound through Heathrow, it was just so exciting seeing the British Airways fleet, Boeing 747s, 787s, Airbuses, all parked up. And on the bus, I met a fellow trainee called Dan, who was just as enthusiastic about aeroplanes as I. We all met at Vanguard House, Heathrow, with two strict instructions for arrival. Do not be late. Cabin crew are never late and bring your passport. Cabin crew must always have their passports. We were welcomed by our cabin crew trainers who were so engaging and so funny. And our lead trainer, Suzanne, had 36 years of cabin crew experience and was a British Airways Concorde air stewardess. And she had flown on and had knowledge of so many aircraft types at British Airways and I knew this was going to be an awesome day. We had, 15, we had a 15 minute classroom talk by Suzanne with illustrations of the British Airways aircraft fleet. And she told us how important it is as potential future cabin crew to know what fleet your chosen airline owns and uses. Many individual cabin crew have to fly on multiple different aircraft and have to know in detail each aircraft type and configuration. For instance, you may have to crew a Boeing 747 one day, an Airbus A380 another, and an A320. Now we know that pilots are tested every six months, but all cabin crew, before every flight they work on, have to be tested on the safety features of the particular aircraft they will fly on. Imagine being tested every time you come to work. And I was told that if you fail a question for the second time before your flight, you cannot fly and have to be referred to your manager for retraining. So armed with our ID badges, 20 trainees and three trainers, we set off for the inner sanctum of British Airways Global Learning Academy, a world very few people ever get to see. And it is huge, with many large training rooms, a canteen, a very large canteen, and interconnecting glass corridors with Airbus A380s standing outside. Most of my spare time was exclaiming, look Dan, look at that. Look over there. Look at that, Dan. I think many of my fellow trainees thought I was mad, but by the end of the two days, I had given most of them the plane spotting bug. It was very funny to see. 
First we arrived outside the British Airways flight simulator room and we were allowed a sneaky peek at the simulators. About 15 in total at the time and apparently the greatest number of simulators in any airline in the world including the 787 Dreamliner sim. Many of the crews, both pilots and cabin crew, all in uniform, were on their six monthly or yearly assessments, so we were told not to disturb what was going on around us. Throughout the day, we saw pilots putting on life jackets and often heard shouts of brace, brace, brace by cabin crew. We were taken to a mock flight deck with pilot dummies and we had to go through what to do if a pilot was incapacitated and administer first aid. Although this is not necessarily an emergency situation, it may require a diversion. But the pilot still has to implement NITS, NITS, N-I-T-S, yes, you heard it right, NITS, <clears throat> which stands for Nature, Intention, Time, special instruction. So what is the nature of the problem? What are the pilot's intention? How much time do we have? And any special instructions for the cabin crew? We then had to slide down an A320 evacuation slide, which was half the size of the 747 slide next to it. And what I learned is those slides are fast. Next was survival at sea after a crash landing on water or sea. We learned how to put on and secure a life jacket, how to evacuate passengers and crew onto the Boeing 747 life raft and how to detach and deploy the evacuation slides which turn into the life rafts. And I found this particularly interesting and challenging. It was difficult getting 23 people onto the raft, let alone 50 to 70 people, and placing the canopy over the top to protect from the elements. The cabin crew need to act fast and get people onto the rafts as there is the risk of fire, sharp debris and aircraft sinking. We were shown the survival kits and how to work the transmitter, which transmits for 48 hours to give your location, but rescue may be longer. We were taught PLWF, which stands for protection, location, water, food. All the things you need for survival in hostile environments. And at sea, cabin, as, at sea uh, as cabin crew, you may be carrying out first aid, dealing with body fluid and keeping morale up. Next, we were taken to a Boeing 777 mock-up cabin economy class where we role-played as passengers. As the trainers went through how to prepare the passengers and cabin for a planned emergency landing due to hydraulics failure. The cabin even had a galley and the sound effects of the engines. Again, what I learned is just how much detailed procedures the cabin crew have to know and prepare for. 
Trust me, passengers may get away with not paying attention to the pre-flight safety demo, but you won't get away with it if there's an emergency landing. The trainer said, as cabin crew, you will make the passengers listen. So be warned, passengers. The last three exercises we had to do was the pre-flight safety demonstration, enter a smoke-filled chamber with smoke hoods working as a team, and finally, putting out a fire in the galley. If a fire starts on board an aircraft, cabin crew have three minutes to put it out. Otherwise, it may then be out of control and too big to fight. Throughout that day, we didn't have time to touch on security issues such as passenger aggression, hijacking and terrorism, or passenger service with a smile, knowing your wines, delivering a baby, dealing with language problems, supervising a child traveling alone, comforting grieving passengers, and heating the meals, to mention just a few. This cabin crew course gave me a newfound respect for all cabin crew, and the sheer amount of knowledge and skill they need to do their job, particularly in an emergency. For many years, flight attendants or cabin crew have often been dismissed as just trolley dollies, but this role is unique in that you have to deal with all matters yourself. You can't phone the fire service or an ambulance or the police at 30,000 feet. Or even air sea rescue. This is a truly unique job. I was told that cabin crew have a saying, we hope you never have to find out most of what we are trained to know and do. And that is the point. But when things go wrong, all passengers look to the cabin crew. So they have to know what they are doing, as well as being the last of a burning aircraft. And I don't believe there are many other jobs that require you to wear so many different hats. This course with Cabin Crew Global is perfect for those people who would love a career as cabin crew or flight attendants and I would highly recommend it and at the end you get a certificate which is highly recognised and commended by many airlines at the assessment and recruitment stage. So if you know of anyone who will be interested then go to www.cabincrewglobal.com which may be the start of a fantastic career as cabin crew. I just want to add that I told Kim um, that I wanted to tell the aviation podcast community about um, the fantastic cabin crew course and she said if anyone is interested in doing the two-day cabin crew course with Cabin Crew Glo Global, um, Kim is very happy to offer to any of our podcast followers a 10% discount. So thank you Kim and thank you Carlos and the Plane Talking UK team for helping me to share such a great experience. I think it's one, of those, great, one yeah. of those jobs that, that um, I always, when I was at school, always thought about doing a, a, a for some reason, I don't know, I, Never want to be a pilot all of a sudden straight away, but uh, yeah. cabin crew was always one of those things. Well, I'd like to have a go at that. 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously, I prefer to fly the aircraft. Uh, well, personally. yes, obviously that that, that goes <laughs> without saying. Yeah. That does go without saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which hopefully we'll all be doing next week. <gasps> well, Ooh, that is exciting. true. I yes, know. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Uh, it's it's going to be a bit, bit, bit mad. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, actually, while, while we're just going to mention, while we're talking briefly about the the two hundredth, um, we are going to do the two hundredth show live from where we are. So we are we going are, to do a yeah, live outside yeah. broadcast. Yeah. As many of you know, we've got lots and lots of very special guests who are all coming, and um, it's just going to be uh, it's going to be it's going to be brilliant. Uh, and I've set up a very special uh, hashtag uh, if you're a Twitter user, so that you can <gasps> interact with the show live uh whilst we're doing it live because uh, i can now if you are watching on the youtube see you should see something very special about to appear on screen and that is that i can i send um oh uh, that's rather posh it is rather posh isn't it absolutely so uh we well, I, I don't think for a, in a million years we're ever going to get uh anything trending but we're going to use the hashtag <laughs> PTUK like 200. That. So uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to be doing that. It can't wait. I mean, actually, there's one very sad one here that I'm just going to put up because our lovely people in the chat room have been helping me test it um, whilst that um, that f- the Barbara's feedback was playing. And this one, which I'm very sad about, obviously, is of course this one because obviously the legend that is Captain oh, Al won't be there. No. Mm. Although on the on the plus side, both him and Jenny uh, have decided that they're going to have uh, a little party in our honour. They're going to have a... The Me too, Al. Uh, we need to have a missing PTUK pity party. That's what they Pity party. A pity party, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so careful how you say oh, that. Oh, lovely Jen. Yeah, absolutely. But, oh, I uh, like that. Yeah, very sad, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's a shame, really. And, and we're sorry that not everyone can come, but um, I suppose it's... Uh, that's the thing. It's going to be so much fun. I know, and and then of course we'll stop talking about it because I'm sure everybody's every sick of us. Everyone's talking sick about of it. sick of it. Yeah, I know. But, uh, everyone's sick a, of the idea. But of course uh, the 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 bag has been sort of the cat has literally been a little bit let out of the bag. Really, uh, I believe after a, a certain show that that went out was it yesterday, Nev? I think you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there was a few mentions on uh, on the APG show yeah. yesterday, but uh, no, it's all all good. We'll talk a bit more about the uh, uh, the two hundredth uh, before the. The, uh, the close of the show today. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, so yeah. we are going to move on then with the show, and we have three nicely interesting uh, military stories to play. So uh, if everyone is ready, uh, we'll do some military news. Matt, yes. you ready? Uh, yeah, why not? Let's 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 give it a go. Let's see what happens. Okay, <laughs> uh, Nev, are, are you fit and ready to go? Yes, I am. Yes. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I should just explain the reason why we're struggling a little bit is because Matt's touchscreen has gone wrong yeah. on his computer this week, and so he's having to do it mostly with his mobile phone and a mouse. And I, I just—you can't really see there on the screen, but <laughs> the, yeah, horrible. normally Matt's got a touchscreen <laughs> yeah, that yeah. he uses to, to move <laughs> yeah, between yeah, segments, yeah. and that and touchscreen is not. Has, has touching died. is died. The screen's fine. Yes, yes. You can see yes, everything on the yeah. screen, but the actual touch part of the screen has died. Yes. Um, so hopefully we might be able to get that sorted <laughs> before next week. Not that it's a big show or anything. Oh, next week. I'm going to have to. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. See what we can do. Anyway, yes. <laughs> first news story on uh, the um, military news this week, and this one is on the SwindonAdvertiser.co.uk. 
And uh, special news story, uh, especially for uh, Jonathan Warner, because he uh, he's a big fan of uh, all the big RAF bases around the UK. But uh, this one, RAF aims to cut risk of aircraft collisions around Bryce Norton by expanding controlled airspace. Now, for those of you guys who may not know, Bryce Norton is, is quite a large base here in the UK. Uh, where a lot of the refuelling aircraft are based in and out of. And there's also quite uh, a large amount of C-17s there and uh, Air Hercules as well. Uh, so the controlled airspace around Bryce Norton uh, is set to change after four decades because it's no longer fit for purpose, according to RAF chiefs. Uh, pilots have had to take evasive action to avoid civilian traffic on the approach to the airfield um, in, well, in, in, in a year. 40 incidents this year in total that have uh, led to flight safety reports being filed. In one incident last year, a C-17 transport aircraft climbed out below a glider. Uh, a major wow. construction or major cons uh, consultation, I should say, is underway uh, with local authorities and residents in areas covered by the zone, including parts of Wiltshire. The base, which is seven miles from Lechlade, is the largest in uh, the RAF and is home to strategic and tactical air transport squadrons, air-to-air -air refueling units and others, including, uh, including a tactical medical wing. Station Commander uh, Group Captain Tim Jones said the existing design was not right for the current arrivals and departures. Aircraft regularly leave and protect uh, protected confines of uh, CAS, which can bring them into conflict with other aircraft operating autonomously outside in open airspace. Additionally, Bryce Norton has no connectivity to the UK Airways network, meaning aircraft have to transit through uncontrolled airspace when flying to and from the UK Airways network. The situation has been exasperated since the closure of RAF Lynham in 2012. The proposal is to increase the size of the controlled airspace in a bid to reduce the risk of mid-air collisions within 20 nautical miles of the base. At the moment, aircraft lining up for their final approaches have to cross open airspace, which is or has the potential to bring them into conflict with unknown traffic. Uh, most aircraft leaving Bryce Norton are sent on a route close to South Cerny Airfield and Cotswold Airport, which are often busy with light aircraft. Uh, since 2012, air traffic controllers at the base have logged many instances where military aircraft have had to change course to avoid unknown traffic and maintain a safe distance from it. So the consultation document is available from RAF Prize Norton's website at uh, raf.mod.uk forward slash RAF Bryce Norton forward slash flying info. So those of you guys and girls living close to uh, Bryce Norton can get the proposal plans in front of you there so you can mm. see what they're going to do. But it, obviously it is a really, really busy... Um, one of our, our, our listeners, Mark Harvey, he lives down that way, doesn't he? Yeah, it, it's... Um, I mean, they are, like it says, the story does say, there are a lot of GA airfields around there flying light aircraft. Yeah. And obviously, you know, most... Uh, um, you know, most GA aircraft don't have um, ADSBA or the transponders right. that allow other aircraft to know where they are. It's all that visual well, VFR, flight visual flight rules. They'll tidy that up then. Yeah. Uh, next story. This is on flightglobal.com, and the headline is British Army poised to retire the last links. So British oh. Army operations with the Augusta Augusta Westland links are poised to come to an end, with the Joint Helicopter Command to host a 
farewell event for the utility type on the 16th of January, based at the Royal Air Force's Odium, is it Odiham? Odiham? Odium. Odium, it's, sorry, my apologies, yes. site in Hampshire. The, <clears throat> Air, the Army Air Corps 657 Squadron is the last UK unit to employ the Lynx. Uh, the type was first fielded in its AH-1 standard in August 1978 and subsequently involved in operations by, by the service in nations including Afghanistan, Bosnia, Iraq and Sierra Leone. The Army's last upgraded and skid-equipped Lynx AH-7s were retired in July 2015, leaving its extensively modernised AH-9As to serve on whilst its replacement Leonardo Helicopters AW159 Wildcat inventory was increased in size. Um, Flight Fleet's analyzer records, uh, so records, sorry, 22 of the new generation type as being in active service with the AAC with another four in storage. The Royal Navy also uses the type and ended operations with its Legacy Lynx HMA-8 airframes in March 2017. Following the disbandment last year, of the AAC's 9 Regiment at Dishdorforth in North Yorkshire. 657 Squadron retained up to 12 AH-9As from an original complement of 22 upgraded examples. Uh, after its Rolls-Royce gem-engined Lynx AH-7s performed poorly in the hot and high operating conditions of Afghanistan uh, towards the end of the last decade, the military, uh, the UK Military of Defence initiated an urgent operational requirement to re-engine and extensively update the Army's wheeled AH-9 variant. A contract worth approximately £130 million, that's $175 million, was signed in late 2008, covering an initial 10 airframes. Um, it's uh, the, the, the first... Uh, the first... Uh, oh, sorry... My machine is playing up. I'm very sorry. But anyway, you get the gist. It is uh, it is uh, sort of sad news, really, uh, that it's coming out. But it is 1978 when it first went into service, so it really has mm. worked. You know, it, it's been Incredibly a well, yeah. of, of both the Army and the Navy, to be fair. Yeah, many years ago when I was considerably younger than I am now. Yeah. Um, my uh, uncle's in the was in the Royal Navy, mm. and uh, got the chance to uh, to look on board one of these uh, the Royal Navy versions mm. as a helicopter. Uh, such a fantastic bit of kit, and it's yeah. proven again to be uh, you know a real workhorse for yeah. not just the Royal Navy but the British Army as well, Indeed. and also the German Navy as well. They uh, have used uh, these, mm. but um, they've uh, as of twenty or as of two thousand nine, there was four hundred and fifty of these built. Wow! Um, but uh, no. Awesome bit of kit. Very uh, much very so, good. yeah. So, uh, Nev, next one. Yeah, this is the last military story for today, and it's on the Flight Global website, and it says that France awards Airbus deal to develop naval drone technology. Airbus Helicopters and its partner Naval Group have been contracted by France's DGA Defence Procurement Agency to develop technologies for a projected rotary unmanned air vehicle, RUAV, to operate from warships. The agreement covers de-risking studies before a demonstrator RUAV will be built and tested aboard a French Navy vessel, the manufacturer says. The contract is designed to identify, deploy and test the technologies necessary for the integration of a tactical drone system capacity within a heavily armed vessel. Entry into service for the planned Navy airborne drone system, SDAM, 
is projected to be around the middle of the next decade. But Airbus Helicopters says technical risks have yet to be determined for initiating and realising the programme. Airbus plans to conduct its first flight of its under development VSR 700 RUAV this year. And the 700 kilogram rotorcraft is derived from HGC's G2 light civilian helicopter. Uh, flight tests begin with an unmanned Cabri G2 prototype in 2017 to validate flight control system integration and the aircraft's engine system. Naval Group and Airbus Helicopters are set to jointly manage, uh, manage the project, which will also involve Thales, Safran and French Aerospace Centre Onera. Honora, I think it's pronounced. Uh, he, uh, Airbus Helicopters Chief Executive Guillaume Fauri uh, says the VSR 700 is expected to play a crucial role in the aero maritime operation theatres of tomorrow. So it's quite interesting. We're seeing this drone technology uh, being used all over the shop, aren't we? And mm. uh, I think this is only going to go uh, in one direction. There'll just be more and more of it. There'll be more and more um, capability, I would think. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, part of me sort of feels like I mean, is it, wars are going to be very different if we have if we ever have yeah. a world war again. Um, you know, things are going to be very different, aren't they? Now, safer, I think, in some respects, because you're not sending. Well, uh, sending I'm not sure the word "safe" so. and "war" can necessarily well, well, be no, not <laughs> put together in the same sentence. To be fair, but uh, yeah, it's no. um, it's a funny uh, it's a it's a funny one, really. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, it makes sense uh, if you can sort of remotely pilot all these things, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should just not have wars. There's a controversial. Very good. There's a controversial thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. So that was uh, the last military news story uh, for this week, and uh, we've got we've got uh, a very special segment that was actually sent in uh, by uh, actually before Christmas, Pip. but for some yeah. reason it went straight. <laughs> it went in the went first. Awry. <laughs> in the first and thing. It's it's actually a really good little video as well. It is, and uh, I've watched this quite a few times. But mm. it's uh, um, a video that Pip has taken uh, on board uh, one of the aircraft that he actually Indeed, flies. Indeed, yes. So, and yeah. of course, uh, uh, if you if you did listen to our sort of offline show, uh, and I, I replayed uh, where he was saying goodbye to his beloved. Uh, what was the, the hawker the, the hawker he's saying goodbye to his yeah. beloved hawker so here is uh now normally we wouldn't say this but this is a video uh segment that he sent us mm. so it is really it's only a short one but it's really good it's really good it's only uh, one, just under two minutes but yeah. uh yeah it gives you a very quick tour of the cockpit of his new beast plane safety from the flight deck with pilot pip Hi everyone, this is a very quick video tour of the Embraer Phenom 300 cockpit looking at the right hand primary flight display there split in two as the centre screen. There's three screens each of which can be split in two so effectively six screens and it's all controlled with these little Garmin touch controllers uh, which is essentially just like a little mini iPad and you can control everything through there. You can see the main menu there. It's got map settings, radar settings, traffic settings, all the performance settings, the weight, the fuel. Uh, we're looking at some GPS information pages there and there's two of those and you can use those two to control all three screens and split them in half to make six screens. That was the center screen with all the hydraulics, electrics, flaps, gear, trim. Left screen there with a, a chart displayed on the left hand side. Moving down to the central panel here with the uh, throttles on the left, the flaps, a little dinky button in the middle was the speed brake. Mold control panel up here, it's fairly standard, controls all the autopilot settings. Uh, have a look back down here, he's uh, one of my colleagues here putting in some nav frequencies 
This is very easy to use, very intuitive. Uh, you can scroll up and down just like an iPad here. Really good piece of equipment. Uh, takes a bit of getting used to, but there's so much information it can display. Really is very clever indeed. And uh, moving across, we can see that that screen can also show a vertical display of the flight plan. Well, that's it. Very quick segment. See you again next time. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Fly B5823 Trent Dane for 23 hour Manchester Wizz Air 6X Client Flight Level 210 Direct to Bretman's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. London, two, TME, turn right onto Bravo, link, two, one, join, alpha, hold at Mora, speedbird, four, seven, two, LOC, slash, TME, approach runway, two, seven, left. Follow the green stand, five, four, four. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience, or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Wow, we're going to be there soon. I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh dear, what what? So um, so yeah, that uh, was an awesome little bit of video there from uh, Pip. So thanks for sending that in. Mm. Thoroughly enjoy. I, I could actually Pip if you can do one about an hour long next time. That'd right. be quite okay. nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, th I think I think it had to be brief because you know obviously he was quite busy at the time. Yeah, you know, learning. Yeah, that <laughs> I was... think his, his captain was going. What on earth are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, <on earth> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, no, thanks as always, Pip, for your great segments. Hopefully, uh, we can enjoy a few more in 2018 this year. Yeah. 
So on the uh, on the, the on the last bit of the show here, then we are we're just obviously going to just quickly run over um, next week's uh, very kind. bits and what pieces. What did they do? do? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. uh, but, but Nev, uh, you, you said you might have, or there might be something um, exciting as well as the two hundred happening next weekend, um, happening on that day as well, and an, an announcement yeah, of some much, description. Very much. So. I've been talking to the guys at uh, NP Simulations th- th- this week, and. Um, they are moving forward very nicely for 2018. They, there's lots of stuff going on. Uh, they are expecting uh, to uh, receive their A320 simulator at some point to complement the uh, mm. 737-800 that's already there. So that will be quite interesting. Uh, but even more interesting, they're going to make a very big announcement at the 200th <gasps> show uh, next week. And we can't say too much about it at the moment, but it is worth tuning in for, believe me, because this is going to shape uh, how the rest of the their business works and uh, i think it will be very interesting particularly for ptuk listeners and anybody else that has a an interest in flying of some sort so there's gonna be a really big announcement uh next week that uh, paul yep. uh, nick and joe are gonna make and that will be great and i think we're going to be doing a lot more collaboration with these guys yep. over the next year as well so i think we'll be uh, we'll be talking to them quite a lot so uh, yeah definitely stay tuned for some uh, really special news uh, next weekend Indeed. wow so, of course, it is the big 200th show next weekend. So it we're is. all going to be down in London, along with lots of invited special guests. Uh, what, what looks to be a pretty full complement of APG hosts are all going to be joining <laughs> yeah. us live uh, it, at the Simulator oh, Centre. It's going to be a very, very exciting week. Yeah. And I know we keep going on about it, guys, but uh, it, it's you're probably, or, you know, as, as, as somebody sort of alluded earlier, it was, you know, one or two people are feeling a bit like Pip did when he couldn't make it to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, <laughs> but... Uh, Pittsburgh. It is. Yeah. It's going to be a, a a wonderful show for us. As you know, we don't do things like like this very often. Well, in fact, we've never done anything like this before. So it's going to be very it's going to be very exciting. And so looking forward to having a meet up with some of our amazing listeners. I can't believe how far so many of them are travelling. I know to come and it see is us. Crazy. It's crazy. Just we've got it. Some of the yeah, um, yeah. Mothers, mothers already started on the buffet. Uh, oh, <laughs> actually, that that could be, be the highlight of the entire event. Uh, it could. As well, as be. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that very much. Yeah, right? absolutely. And what with that and a meal afterwards, uh, going, going yeah. out yeah. to a nice little restaurant. Oh, wow. It's just going to be a yeah. very, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever spent three days in London. Uh, so, so it's going to be no, quite nice to actually yeah. spend three days. I oh, know. Just uh, to uh, let you know that we've, uh, obviously, we're trying to get so many people through the whole thing uh, yeah. during an afternoon. So that's quite difficult to get 30, yeah. feet, uh, 30 yeah. people through a simulator. Mm-hmm. So what Paul and I have done, it, Paul is the instructor down there, and we have devised a route, effectively, which goes from LaGuardia to uh, JFK and that takes about 10 minutes gives you a takeoff and landing and gives you all the experiences uh, that you would expect in, in a simulator um, it's a short flight so it's about 10 minutes long but we need to do that just to get the number of people yeah, through but right. I think it will yeah. wet people's appetite for wanting so. to come back and spend their hard-earned money on yeah. a, uh, some real simulator time. Well, that's what we're hoping for, anyway. Yeah, and uh, I, exactly. there's no obligation to do that, but the, obviously the, the guys have helped us tremendously by so. organising this. Mm. So that would be a, a nice, yeah. nice gesture yeah, to them. Literally can't wait. And I can't reason. stress as well for those of you guys who do live in the UK who who have got the ability to go down there and have a go as and mm. when, and obviously book an appointment with the uh, guys at NP. That you know this this sim is this is as real as it gets. You yeah. know every Please. single yeah. switch yeah. dial. A computer system, the control yoke, the, the even down to the the you know the fur line seats. This is mm. the real thing. This is you know as is in the real 
in the real world. You know, it's used as a training sim for uh, for seven three seven captains we're and be, pilots. We're being so. told off in the chat room, by the way, for once again PTUK confiscating APG hosts. <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunate. Oh. Uh, Al's very devastated to be missing the buffet. <clears throat> by the way, uh, and we're all very relieved. I think I don't know about you, Nev. I'm quite well, relieved. Well, uh, yeah, there's 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 some left. Okay, <laughs> I, I was ho- yeah. I was really looking forward to seeing Captain Al piloting. You know, the, the yeah. seven three seven. That would have been award winning. Um, but yes. we have got obviously we've got Nick there. Uh, Mr. Yes, Air, Mr. Airbus, Mr. Airbus. Mr. Airbus. Yeah. This should be a laugh. So, um, we might have to film that one. Yeah, I feel. We, yes. we are. We're probably we're probably going to film that just yeah. just in 4K, just because it's going to yes, be. You know, we right. need to. We need so to there's going to be a lot of video going on. I think a lot <laughs> of um, uh, audio recording, a lot of interviews yeah. Yeah. Uh, that we'll be doing there as well. So we we'll use that on on future shows, yeah. which should be really quite interesting. Did but what I've got to say is uh, the, the thing that has become very obvious over the last few weeks, um, and this is obviously you know is a major in convenience for these guys because we are just turning up and we are preventing <laughs> we are them taking, from earning yeah, real money. Any money for a whole but, day. Yeah. <laughs> but actually they have been so accommodating and yeah. they're the three three guys that run it are the nicest people and it's yeah. it made such a difference to how we're organising it and the, the our ability to get all you uh, guys and girls down there. Yeah. So we've got to thank uh, Paul, Nick and, and Joe very much. Absolutely I, I, I'm actually really pleased they're looking forward to it as much as we are actually. I think that, that that's, yeah. that's what's been really pleasing in all this. I can't wait. It's just going to be good. anyway we're going to stop talking about it now because yeah, otherwise we'll, we'll we'll get told <laughs> off by everyone who's listening who can't make it oh. and i'm very sorry but we as i say it is gonna we're gonna stream as much of it as we can live we yeah. next weekend um as i say we're hoping to have lots of iphones all connected to the system so that we can have uh, lots of video and things so it is really what if you get the chance to do so uh, make sure you come to the PTUK youtube yeah. channel because uh, you'll be able to watch as much of it going on as we can possibly do yeah. on the day we're, we're in fact when we finish this uh, unfortunately nev you won't be excused immediately because we're gonna have a little bit of a chat about how our, our, the final planning yeah uh, I, I think uh, as well what matt and nev are going to uh, try and achieve is is well nearly impossible but they're going to try and make so for those of you guys across the globe who can't be with us on the day, you're going to almost feel like you're yeah, there we're try because you know you're going to be able like to it. see you know what yeah. is going on. So uh, we're hoping it yeah. will it will sort of you know come Very across as being. And of course, don't forget, uh, as I say, as as uh, we, we've got a, a little uh, Twitter hashtag that I've hashtag. fired up, uh, and it will enable you, please, to try and stick this in your phone or stick it in your memory. I'm so going to write it down now. PTUK200. Uh, so if you send a tweet with PT, the hashtag... Capitals PT, or uh, Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, PTUK200. PTUK and then you can actually 200. send us messages, uh, which will go out live as part of the show. So you really can do... Not in the chat room. That's oh, sorry. Help, is it, you <laughs> stupid boy? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh, this you're not used to this whole Twitter hashtag malarkey. Oh, yeah, excuse yeah. me. I'm the, I I use Twitter far more than you. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, dear. So yeah. So we have got a ha- as I say we've got a hashtag which is hashtag PTUK. Uh, please do use it during the show as it will. Uh, it means I can then put your sp- messages up on screen, um, and so you'll be able to interact uh, with everybody that's going to be in that room there. As I say we've got sort of ne- just just shy of forty people who are all going to be in 
that room there watching us yeah. do this. That's, gonna, that's the bit that's scaring me. The fact there's going to be nearly yeah. 40 people in that room watching us do a show. That's what I'm scared about. But anyway, we'll see. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So if you'd like to do that in Twitter, Carlos, I'll pop your screen. I'll pop your message up on the screen. But uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, can I, so if I so if I do a, if I do a tweet now, then yes, yes, yes. As long as you've so got if I go hashtag on to, PTUK. This right. is riveting stuff for all our listeners. I'm right. I'm so sorry for you if you are right, listening. So go to <laughs> yes, my the, the audio version of this will, will be lost slightly. It will indeed. Right. Yes. So but if I, I go it, to please do. I mean, uh, if you can do it, as I say, tweets. we're gonna, aiming to sort of be streaming sort hashtag of probably from about twelve-ish. I think is the plan, PTUK. and we're going to do a live show, a full show. From 2 p.m., I think, is our, our planned start time. We're going to start the show live from 2 p.m. and do a show show. Um, but uh, we're going to be streaming as much of what's going on, as uh, as I said, as we can beforehand. Uh, so that even if you aren't there, then hopefully, if you want there to, go. by going onto YouTube, you can have a look and see uh, what the... I've done you know, it. Get right, okay, all right, yes. I've done it. Yeah, you sort of have a look and, and sort of, you know, join in in our big 200th, because uh, it is really is a, a big deal. I'll tell you, I must say, actually, we've got some fantastic messages. Yeah. That have been winging I've done, done it. I've just done it. Yeah, all right. Give me a minute. All right. Yeah, it has to come up on the machine. Yeah, oh. He's so impatient, isn't he? Uh, I was going to say, if anybody would like to send us any uh, yeah. messages which we can play oh, out yes. on the 200 show, some of yeah. you have already done so, and yeah. that, that's great. But mm. uh, yeah, we'd like a few more so we can, can just. Can I uh, ask uh, that you do it sooner rather than later, please? Because yes. come, come Thursday, yes. poor Matt is going to be a bit busy. So if you can, if you could do it sooner rather than later, he would be eternally grateful. And I can't yeah. do it because I can't. Do it. Oh, there's my tweet. Look, <laughs> look, it's on the screen now, everyone. My tweet is Indeed, there. Yes, absolutely. Oh, look at that. Look. Yeah, there you are. Oh, so it's wow. Dead clever these. Dead clever these. That's it. Now my weekend is <laughs> sorted. I've just seen my tweet live on YouTube. Right, there we good. go. Lovely. Well done. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know it's um, you know, we're, we're yeah, we we just I I never envisaged you know. Um, all those years ago when I started this show, ever reaching 200 for a start. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but also having, you know, you two guys on and doing a show with hello. me every week. Hello. Hello, Nev. <laughs> and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, this is happening. It's just uh, really, really I'm amazing. so excited. I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. So uh, I think, I, th- I think that's uh, more or less everything done. Isn't yeah, it? I think yeah, we're, um, yeah. And apparently the Rogues Barbers are still watching live. So are they? Oh, <laughs> hello, <laughs> Rogues Barbers. Well, you see, now, you see, what they should have done is Rogues Barbers should have sent us a tweet. Yes, they? Rogues yeah. Barbers <laughs> should have sent a tweet. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. And I'll, don't forget, I'll see you Wednesday, guys. Because uh, yeah, this, yeah, this is not getting any shorter. No, no. Okay. You're not. You're, also, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I've banned him from wearing his hat next week. As well. <gasps> yeah, you're not wearing your hat. No, you are joking. Just, no, I'm not joking at all. No, you're not. Wearing well, I'm not allowed to wear this hat next no, week for the two hundred. What's the point in having your hair this cut is and then wearing a hat? <laughs> this is icon. This is an iconic, iconic. piece yeah. of podcast. No, no. No, you've got, some, you've got some wording wrong there. Ironic, I think, is the word that I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh. <laughs> right. I think we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a, a, a sweeps. Gonna, uh, uh, no, a quick uh, <laughs> a quick questionnaire oh, no. in the chat room. Who thinks right, I should wear? My All usual right. podcasting hat next week in the two hundredth. <laughs> Answers in the chat room. Okay. Um, well, we've got to we've got we go. to see Rob's handiwork, though, haven't we? Really? Well, this is good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Rob, got... Rob's already 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 written. Look, no hat. Yeah, Carlos. quite. I, I quite agree. Absolutely. Oh. There's no point spending all that time in doing it. So, if you are listening to the audio version of this uh, show, then please do feel free to contact us via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com <laughs> uh, and or, or send us a tweet. Why not put hashtag pt. Oh. 
UK 200 <laughs> and say whether you would like Carlos to wear his uh, hat or not. Um, excuse me. So, uh, shush, I'm talking. <clears throat> uh, it, is, it is facebook.com forward slash plain talking UK. And uh. our Twitter handle is at plain talking UK. It's the big show next week, as we're saying. It is our big 200 show. If you can join us live, we would love you to do so. Uh, we're going to start <clears throat> streaming probably from about 12 o'clock, all being well, with a live show with loads of special guests and a live audience. So we're going to try and make it as interactive as we can. We've got Paul Little Owen, who's going to be running around with a radio mic. We've got the legend that is David Corston. He's going to be operating the camera. It's all planned and ready to go. And on that note, can I just say that the chat room has spoken. Right. And the podcast legend that is Max Flight has said, wear yeah. the hat, as has Jennifer. Okay. Uh, Thomas Mandrake, he said, yeah, wear the hat. Uh, we are seeing some uh, opposing thoughts here from Philip Davis and Captain Al, who've said Quite. no hat. Quite right, absolutely. Um, yeah. With Philip, um, yep. um, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Matt. Oh, so, uh, Jenny Parkinson said, Matt Carlos, Nev, bring some merchandise to sell at the. I actually, I didn't think about that. We mm. could take some of the PTUK t shirts yeah, as well yeah. with us to there. Yeah, good very idea. Sizes, very good idea. Know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, very sad tweet just just come into the. Oh, a sad tweet. PTUK 200, you see. It says, Cheryl and I are crushed not to be there. Have a great oh, time. Thanks, guys. Oh, very sad. Very oh. sad indeed. Well, but, uh, in the meantime, if I do yeah. win the lottery this evening, of course, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and become a millionaire, then I will be flying the entire uh, chat room across to uh, <laughs> to the live show. So right. there we go. Will you? Okay. Yes. And how will Miss, Mrs. Carlos feel about that? <laughs> I'll be a millionaire. Yeah, she can't <laughs> complain. Yeah, that's true. There yeah, we go. Oh, and yeah. also Lucas is in the chat room. Lucas, mm. uh, uh, your uh, your seven three seven model, your amazing Ryanair yeah. model that you won on the Christmas competition is. Uh, it's on its way to you, um, possibly in a Ryanair seven three seven hold. I don't yes, know. Uh, uh, do. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, thank you for your email. Do feel free to um, send in those tongue twisters, and perhaps we'll have a go at that during the yes, yes, Lucas. Episode. So send please them in. do absolutely. Yeah, 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 do. So that is where we are going to bring episode number one hundred and ninety nine of the Plain Talking UK podcast to a close. We're going to say a huge thanks to everyone who's joined us in the live chat room today. It's been a real busy chat room today that's for sure had loads and loads of listeners in there and uh yeah thanks for all you guys and not forgetting as well everyone who downloads the podcast through itunes yep. and all the various uh, podcast uh, downloading sites thanks to you guys for downloading the show and listening to us each week indeed well that's it then guys uh we're we'll we will see you <laughs> next weekend we ain't going anywhere just yet oh uh, have a look at this please <laughs> Have a look at the screen, Carlos. <laughs> uh, Captain Al Captain just tweeted Al. saying, uh, no hat, it's a health hazard. I think he's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Perhaps the hat should be a prize in the summer competition. <gasps> oh, my goodness, that is a prize indeed. Yeah, you oh, will wash it first, though. I oh, think. yeah, I'll wash yeah, it first. Oh, right, yeah, I can yeah, say, yeah. please, otherwise yeah. Al will be right. Yeah. <sighs> there we go. <laughs> well, that is where we and bring... And on that bombshell... And on that yeah. bombshell, that is where we bring <laughs> yeah, episode yeah. 199 to a close. Don't forget... Next week, next Saturday, 200th show, live from NP Simulations in London. Yeah. So from me, Carlos, have a great weekend. Have a great Sunday. And, uh, yeah, enjoy yourself. Stay safe, fly safe. And from you, Matt? 
Uh, yes, from all of us here, it is time to say goodbye. Uh, yeah, I, I, I literally cannot wait. It's just going to be its so immense. It's going to be so immense. Any final words, the legend that is Sir Nev? Yeah, I can't wait for it. There, there's, so, there's so much to do uh, still for yes. it. But uh, yes. yeah, I'm, I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. I think everyone's going to have a great time. I love a challenge. I think we'll have a great time in the chat yep. room and also the live stream as well. Yeah, indeed. So from all of us here, it is time to say goodbye. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye. Woo-hoo. Bye.